0: Uh, Hillary has been lengthening her excuses as to why uh, she lost the election. She didn't really lose the election. It was stolen from her uh, by, I think it's up to 24 different excuses she has now. Number 24 is content farms in Macedonia. And uh, as I said, uh, my grandfather was a uh, Macedonian content farmer. And uh, we often think about, you know, gathering on the porch and recalling the old days on the Macedonian... I never thought... He never thought that the old content farmers he left behind in Macedonia would one day steal the U.S. presidential election. They are gnarled, hard-working Macedonian peasants, and the way they were able to reach out and uh, steal Some people still don't like all of the positive attention Macedonia received when H.C. Vardar won the EHF Champions League the other week. The government of Zoran Zaev is now actually going after Macedonians for so-called, quote-unquote, hate speech as Macedonians celebrated after the win. In the meantime, the government of Zoran Ziv is practically begging the European Union to open accession talks. Foreign Minister Nikola Dimitrov and his sidekick, Bujar Osmani, were dispatched to parents to plead, reminding me, at least, of a scene from the classic film Deliverance, in which actor Ned Beatty is forced on his knees and... oh, never mind. And Ali ahmeti and his Dewey party seem to be coming under fire from... Albanians in Chicago. Perhaps the special prosecutor's office in Skopje is actually leaking material to the Chicago Albanians in an effort to get rid of Ahmeti. We'll discuss all of this and more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Cataline Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona.
1: And this is Tveten Shalimanov calling in from Skopje, Macedonia, where sports is about to be cancelled until the fans learn to to chant "North Macedonia"
0: instead of <laughs> instead of Macedonia. All sports will henceforth be cancelled until the fans <laughs> behave properly. You're going to adapt your chant, and you're going to like it. Exactly right. So, so yes, the the fans have not gotten the memorandum. Mm-hmm on the approved uh, government speech codes. Um, Svetl, as you know, you know, the, the whole idea of hate speech, well, in Europe versus America, we have different, you know, Americans are very much free speech advocates, although free speech, of course, is coming under attack, the so-called quote-unquote hate speech. Europe is a little more willing to crack down on free speech. Uh, the, the, and again, the whole problem is a government, any government cannot come up with an objective standard an objective definition of what hate speech is it is entirely subjective uh and so i, I thought this was instructive the um agents france press so mm-hmm. afp the media outlet uh the in a, in a uh, online article about the so-called hate speech uh, they wrote the following and i gotta quote this after clinching the handball trophy in Cologne, Germany on Sunday, the club's captain Stojancho Stoilov interrupted an interview, interviewer to say, quote, "I just want to make a correction, my country's name is the Republic of Macedonia." The comment was applauded by nationalists, particularly on social media. On Monday evening, Stoilov and the crowd chanted, "Never North, Only Macedonia." So, you know, this is an article by Agence France-Presse, so the um, uh, the cheese-eating surrender monkeys at AFP uh an article on so-called hate speech and i know and i use that term deliberately uh to describe the frogs there and i use that term deliberately to describe them uh talking about so-unquote so-called hate speech but they're trying to tie in people who love their country and love the country's name the republic of macedonia with by calling them quote-unquote nationalists which of course as you and i both know is an incredibly meaningless term these days they just throw it around to mean whatever uh in an in an effort effort to to put pressure on people to accept mm. the name quote-unquote North Macedonia and so it's it's not just the government of Macedonia that is cracking down on so-called hate speech and there is no such thing as hate speech uh you know it's the media the the, the international media and of course the think tanks and the academics etc what's going on with the mm. the government's uh, attempts to arrest all of these people who love their country and want to say Macedonia
1: well, I mean, the prosecutors, the police, they realize it's a fool's errand. It was literally 100,000 people at the <laughs> square uh, chanting, uh, always, uh, never north, always Macedonia. And, you know, good luck picking them up, uh, picking them yes. out of a lineup and uh, putting them all in prison. Uh, but, uh, for example, there was the Radio Free Europe, the American-funded uh, uh, station, which is now pressuring or just you know calling into the prosecutor's office and the police and asking... You know, what gives? Where are the arrests? I mean, have you arrested anybody yet? So they're putting pressure, you know, the US uh, <laughs> radio station is putting pressure on, on the prosecutors. Wow! And this would be extremely, you know, toxic for, for the entire country. It's not nationalism if you're doing it in your own country, and especially if you're doing it over your own name. Right. We have been assaulted in their own territory by the Greeks who demanded this name change. And, you know, it's patriotism when you do it at home. It's nationalism when you do it to somebody else. So it's a horrible. But you a, just said
0: you yeah. you just said RFERL, Radio for Europe Radio Liberty, which is an American taxpayer-funded media outlet. Mm. I use that term loosely. Media uh, is is asking where are the arrests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's they're, incredible.
1: They're pushing, they're prodding the police and the prosecutors.
0: Well, I've always been a big fan of, of shutting down uh, groups like uh, RFERL and and uh, others, but uh, Voice of
1: America as well.
0: And yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the funniest thing NPR, is... That, NPR, uh, National yeah. Public Radio.
1: The Macedonian television, which Zaev insists on calling the national television, but they themselves call themselves, still under the old abbreviation, and uh, when they have to refer to themselves, they say the public service, not the, you know, it's a complete <laughs> mess. So they're, they're banned from uh, not only uh, showing the handball team because of all these trends and uh, essentially the rejection fa- uh, Zaev faces from the sports, sports people, right. uh, sports stars, uh, they didn't even uh, air the Macedonia-Poland uh, qualifier a few days ago. Wow. Because, again, the entire Philip II Stadium in Skopje, which have also tried to rename uh, and, uh, after Tosha Proevski, uh, they were also chanting, never, North, uh, always Macedonia. And mm-hmm. uh, as a result, we are all reduced to watching sports. The Macedonian teams uh, online on our computers trying to find uh, whatever uh, live uh, stream link we can find somewhere, and the Serbian cable station that specialized in sports is doing a killing, and its uh, uh, its uh, commentators have become national stars because they're uh, th- this is the go-to place to watch the Macedonian team on this Serbian channel, and the right. the, the the two uh, sportscasters there. Uh, falling over backwards, you know they're enchanted by the by Stojanche and everybody else, like everybody else is, uh, and, and the rest of the team. And uh, it's it's glorious. I mean, even th- these two guys were brought to Skopje uh, along with with the Handball team for the celebration. They, they were ordered essentially by the Vardar fans onto the plane. You're coming to Skopje with us. You can't say no. You know, pack up and <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was great.
0: Good for them. Yeah. yeah. Well, to your to your earlier point that all sports are henceforth canceled until the uh, yeah. until the, the not only the 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 fans but the sports teams themselves adhere to the government's edict to follow set speech codes as dictated by the government of Zoran Zayev. Uh, you know, yeah. cracking down. You know, free speech is a hallmark of a free nation, and when you start cracking down on free speech, that leads to tyranny, and that is the direction of the European Union because the European Union is very much against the idea of Free speech, uh, and wants to restrict speech through these so-called hate speech codes. Of course, we see you know uh, we see this creeping um, uh, effort here in the United States as well, especially on campuses, etc. Uh, and uh, with the uh, the uh, social media, Facebook and Google and YouTube and other things like that, and where that's going, I don't know. But again, my point being, a hallmark of a free society is free speech. Is there speech that is offensive? Absolutely. Should you say something just because you can? No. Were fans celebrating the win of Vardar saying inappropriate things or things that might be offensive to somebody? Could be. I don't know. Um, do you have a right not to be offended? Absolutely not. There is no such right for anybody anywhere on the planet. Um, the the antidote to so-called hate speech, I'm using air quotes, or offensive speech, is more speech it's pointing out that somebody who says something that you know is offensive to a large group of people is to crack, is, is is to point out that that isn't helpful or useful, and it's just sophomoric and stupid. But the, but the government feels that it just it needs to crack down because the because well I'll tell you why because the European Union says they need to crack down that's why.
1: Uh, they have a, a left-wing organization, the Helsinki Committee, which is specifically targeting individual. Uh, uh, critics of Zayf with allegations of hate speech on Facebook, they would never go after a, a supporter of Zaev, In one case, even markedly so, when uh, uh, essentially they're going after a vimorous supporter, an actor who uh, only uh, used uh, foul language when he was responding to a very outspoken lunatic, honestly, Zaev supporter. Uh, in uh, in in he was responding in kind once to maybe the hundreds. Uh, abuse by the by this uh, Zayev supporter and the police uh, prompted by the Helsinki Committee, they go after the Vemuro supporter, but not after the SDSM supporter. So it's a uh, complete abuse of the, you know, if if we're having standards for hate speech, apply them equally, but that's never mm-hmm. going to happen. Who was shouting? We have bombs. We're gonna, you know, we're TikTok. You're all finished. You know, threatening uh, every Vemuro supporter when he started his color revolution.
0: Yeah. But again, there is, there is the government. No government can provide an objective standard of so-called hate speech. There is none. So, but I, I think you know it's just part of this continuing pattern of the government of Zoran Zaev to uh, crack down on the opposition by whatever means possible, while it pursues its own agenda. Now, uh, part of the agenda that it is attempting to pursue but is falling absolutely flat on its face, as I mentioned in the opening monologue, there of course is the EU accession talks for Macedonia possibly Albania, maybe just Macedonia, don't know, uh, as I mentioned, that uh, Nikola Dimitrov and Bujar Osmani have been doing their, their, their uh, duo show around uh, Europe mm. trying to get this in. And what we know from um, various uh, governments in the European Union, especially the Germans, is that there is not going to be an opening date. And it should be later this month, I think June 28 is, is mm. when the EU Council or Commission is supposed to yeah. proclaim Co- yes or no, is that correct?
1: Yeah, the council meets at the end of June.
0: Okay, right, and and as far as we know, the Germans are holdouts, the French are holdouts, the Dutch are holdouts. Um, who else?
1: It's a whack-a-mole. They try to cover one country, so they run to the Netherlands. They, they feel that's the weakest of the op- opposing countries because they they're essentially opposing. Right. Because we have some significant percentage of Muslims in the country, and the. Alde, the liberal, uh, ostensibly liberal prime minister, was trying to out uh, uh, Wilders, the Wilders nationalists. So he said no accession from Macedonia uh, and Albania. So uh, they believe now that the elections, the European elections have passed, that now the Dutch prime minister can, uh, you know, step back. So they were trying to get him on board. They were, they're, uh, Dimitrov and Osmani are going to France to get them to uh, step back but then uh, all of a sudden as they're chasing these two countries they have Germany creeping up and uh, declaring that they're not willing to allow us to open accession talks and uh, the ruling the conservative party in Germany is having objections they're not saying no uh, Hmm. nine forever but they're saying uh, nine for for the June date and then you know this was a key promise by this this could be even if they they promise him that, well, we'll revisit this in July or then maybe in uh, October, but then he would be seen not only as a corrupt and uh, autocratic leader, but as a fool, somebody who has been duped yeah. by his partners, and then an expendable, which is much worse for him than the first two things, seeing as being seen as corrupt <laughs> and uh, autocratic, which is already baked in the cake in his case.
0: Right. Well, and now be and and. Zayev is unhinged. I mean, he's he's officially looped out because he's he's actually, th- he's, and he's giving media interviews with the international media saying he's going to have to resign and then we're going to have to have early elections and the economy will grind to a halt and blah, 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 blah. And he's creating this, this Armageddon picture that if the mm-hmm. EU, and he's trying to, almost blackmail it seems the <laughs> yeah. european union states into saying oh yes we, we don't want you to resign we don't want you to have early elections we do agree that the economy will grind to a halt none of that is true of course uh he's not even going to hold early elections he's not going to resign if they say no uh because we know that how do you know that Zoran Zaev is lying his lips are moving yeah <laughs> so so he's 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 officially unhinged he's 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 lost it uh, he's running around. I mean, I'm actually, I, I thought for sure that the pace of of uh, interviews and the the think tanks that are holding various uh, uh, events with the government members of Zoran Zayev, all that would have stopped by now. But it's it seems to be increasing, actually. And I think it's going to continue at this pace until that June 28 date, until we officially know one way or the other. And in the meantime, you know, a lot of people... Or, I mean, I think he's doing this because he said, remember Operation Broom just a few mm, weeks ago? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's Operation Bust. When Has he done anything? What's going on with Operation Broom?
1: No, nothing. Uh, he uh, said that it will be canceled uh, by default if uh, he has to resign as a result of the, uh, losing the recommendation to open accession tax.
0: But he's not going to resign. We know that. He's a liar.
1: Uh, well, the thing you know what he's going to do, actually? He's going to return his mandate to the president, who is uh-huh. now his ally, Steva Pendarovsky, and then right. they're going to make a drama that now Pendarovsky is thinking about who to renominate, and Pendarovsky might even invite Vimero, which has initially had more members of parliament uh, after the 2016 elections, uh, tell right. them, okay, Michkovsky, you can be the mandator, if you can provide uh, Albanian partner... And get to 61 votes and uh, you know what if he does but he most likely won't be able to do so because uh, without uh, early elections because uh, uh, you know maybe Dewey would try to meet with Mitskovsky but then the Zaev press will have all sorts of reports that uh, Vemur is willing to accept I don't know criminal Dewey elements into the government they would uh, uh, as a result of the talks they would accept I don't know the name change they would start referring to Macedonia as north Macedonia I mean this would be the propaganda attacks from Vemera if this process sure. starts and then eventually Pendarovsky would still give the mandate back to Zayev after uh, you know going on a uh, on a fishing expedition for a, for a few for a month or, or so uh, mm-hmm. so this would this is what Zaev would say and, and he would avoid the purge because uh, this was seriously undermining his control of the party with with uh, the warring factions in SDSM and uh, the the warring factions between Dui, the Albanian faction in SDSM, Muhammad Zakir's faction, and Dui, right. they were all fighting uh, over the same piece of real estate uh, in the government. So mm-hmm. he, this, you know, he would like to avoid the purge. He would like to avoid resignation. He would like to avoid early elections because under the Persian uh, rules, he has to resign if there are early elections in, uh, let's say October. He would have right. to resign. Immediately, essentially.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 100 days before elections, right? Yeah. So
1: he would try to avoid all of this and then maybe just vote himself a new government uh, in parliament
0: after buying a
1: few months' time.
0: Well, if there's one thing we know that is certain besides death and taxes, (laughs) we know that no government leader of any country stays in power forever. (laughs) And Zayev, this too, shall pass. And Zayev will be out of power, in my opinion, sooner rather than later. Uh, and as you mentioned, all of the infighting going on within Citizen and between the Albanian parties and whatnot. And now we see, you know, the one party that has escaped uh, the all-seeing eye of the Special Prosecutor's Office um, is Ali Akhmeti's Dewey. And Ooh. now we see these, these, these leaks, the so-called bombs, as I have called them back in 2015 from Albanians in Chicago of all places, uh, a guy calling himself, I believe, El Cheka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and of course the, the government of Macedonia, my understanding, is that they're talking to the Americans about because this guy's based in Chicago, about how to crack down on on him and, and, and stop this these leakings this this leak, uh, which is fascinating to me. But you know, and El Cheka himself, whoever he is, has got his own agenda and his own issues. I think he supports the uh, the so called uh, the, the terrorists from Kumanovo from 2015, I believe. Mm. Is that correct?
1: He This is what he says. He says he got yeah. the tapes from these people, but in reality, it was uh, reported in a DUI uh, outlet that he comes from the same village as the newly appointed head of the intelligence agency appointed mm. by Pandarovsky. Uh, Erald uh, Musliu. A lot uh, Yeah, so basically, and you know, Musliu was visibly supported and uh, endorsed by Muhammad Zakiri the head of the SDSM Albanian faction. So essentially, the story is that uh, Musliu was clearly involved in preparing some other uh, media attacks on uh, Ali Ahmeti and Dui in the past, like the revelation of that he was part of the Serbian intelligence that he was ratting on other Albanian nationalists to the Yugoslav Communist Intelligence Services. Uh, this is why Dewey was so angry when he was appointed head of the intelligence agency. And now it seems clear that uh, the tapes have uh, were given to this uh, kid in Chicago, who was obviously chosen because he's in the States, and it's much more difficult to get him than somebody who is located uh, in Europe, in, in the Balkans, in sure. Macedonia. So uh, it seems that uh, the Albanian faction in ISDSM gave the tapes to uh, uh, this kid in Chicago to start uh, a propaganda campaign against Duy and Ali Ahmed.
0: Now that is, that is fascinating. Uh, so, as, as I said in the opening monologue, perhaps it's the um, Special Prosecutor's Office itself, but uh, the point being. Well, it's the same. It's I mean, there is
1: with, no daylight is no between ISDSM and the Special Prosecutor's Office. So <laughs> right. It's yeah, the same so. office.
0: It's 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 all the it's all the infighting within the within the government and within the parties, and I find that absolutely delicious uh, that this, this oh, is yeah. going on. Uh, and in the meantime, and kind of slightly going back to the issue of of um, opening EU session talks with Macedonia and with Albania, we're we're recording this on Sunday, June nine, so this will drop tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But I think just yesterday. Um, Albania itself, the Republic of Albania is supposed to hold local mm. elections at the end of the month, and those have been canceled by the president Ilir Meta. Uh, now the prime minister Edi Rama wants to hold them, so there and they're supposedly allies. Uh, but there's all kinds of, and of course we know that the opposition in Albania has been um, uh, ask, you know, demanding the government resign there for months, if not longer. Uh, and so you've got all that going on, which is giving again these the capitals within the, the European Union countries the jitters about having Albania join with Macedonia or opening up a talks for both Albania and Macedonia at the same time and then then there's this article that comes out on vice uh, the other day uh, June 6 called the inside story of europe's first narco state and it's all about Albania uh, and it's a very it's a it's a lengthy article but it talks about what we all know and what we have all read that um, Albania is a home of drug traffickers, uh, and, oh, yeah. and it's a it's an interesting read. And maybe we can put a link to it in the um, in the uh, in, in the uh, description. Um, but all of that is is and it's kind of funny that it did, that this article came out now as the European Union capitals are trying to decide whether or not to open up accession talks with uh, Macedonia, and Albania, or to decouple them or not. And of course, that creates a whole other set of uh, of issues if. Albania, if Macedonia were to receive uh, a date for opening of a session talks, which as we discussed earlier, it won't. But but if it did and Albania didn't, that would create a whole other set of problems. And of course, the European Union and the capitals know that that is the case. And so I don't think they're going to do that.
1: Uh, the situation there is, gr- is very interesting. Uh, it's delicious. Uh, the, the, the German newspaper, uh, The Bild, uh, published... Uh, Yes. An audio recording of a drug runner who is apparently close to Edi Rama, the socialist prime minister, and who was apparently buying votes for Edi Rama with uh, drug money. So this is one element of the Macedonian crisis we have there. The other is obviously that the conservative opposition in Albania is demanding the persian style government that Edi Rama resigns. Opposition members are put into the government. Before they appear, uh, they agree to, hold, to take part in elections, even the municipal elections. And the third part is obviously the unruly protests they're holding, which are similar to the protests which uh, the colored Revolution was holding here. And we can see the left-wing supporters of Zayev in the international circles, the diplomatic corps in Tirana, the European Commission, the commissioners, they are very outspoken in criticism of the conservative opposition in Albania, and they demand peaceful protests, they demand that they tone it down, which is exactly what they didn't do in the case of Macedonia. So it's very interesting, very delicious, uh, for us at least, that (laughs) one of Zaev's chiefs allies is going down by the same methods, by the same uh, tactics, which uh, Zaev used here with open endorsement by the US and the EU. Uh, The... um, the final interesting element here is that Zaev is uh, endorsing, or he's openly talking about uh, the fears if Albania does not receive the approval to open EU accession talks, and this blocks Macedonia as well, or doesn't block, whichever way it goes, uh, that uh, then he said, my friend, Dedi Rama, he will reopen the issue of uh, unification of Albania and Kosovo. Zaev was careful not to say, and then territorial changes toward Macedonia. <laughs> It's clear he cannot resist something like that, but he's now trying to scare the European politicians with the ghost of uh, Greater Albania, a ghost which he himself let out of the bottle when he started agreeing all Albanian demands with regard to Macedonia, and agreed to form a government in Macedonia which is not supported by the majority of Macedonians, and is supported by all Albanians. And he elected Pendarovsky with literally all the votes of all Albanians uh, living in Macedonia. So it's...
0: Uh... Yeah, well, this this goes back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, about how he's, he's literally attempting to blackmail the European Union into yeah. opening up a session talks. Um, you know, look, we both know, and I think most Macedonians know, that Zoran Zaev really isn't very intelligent. Um, and mm. he he actually thinks that he is a much bigger and much more important player on the scene uh, than he really is. And, and he thinks that, that people... People in the european union people in the united states the state department and nato etc take him seriously and what he what he doesn't understand is that from the american point of view the american perspective is that the americans wanted macedonia in nato and it looks like um that's going to happen very soon uh and it and and the the state department doesn't really give a damn about whether massive macedonia is in the european union or not that's a totally different issue so they actually, the, the Americans, uh, the State Department and the Americans in NATO, don't really care whether or not there's opening of session talks or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, their main thing is to get into NATO. And so, and that's, that's going to happen. So for them, Zayev isn't really important anymore. But he thinks that they think that he is. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't, he doesn't get that. He, he thinks that, he think, Zoran Zayev thinks that he is God's gift to NATO and the Americans. And he's just another useful idiot.
1: It's uh, he did not change the name uh, just to get us into NATO. At least this is what he was saying. He Macedonians don't really care anymore about NATO. Maybe we cared during the Balkan Wars when you know security was of utmost importance. Since then, we have not seen proof that NATO would support our security. With the, uh, I mean, we we've been attacked twice from Kosovo with Albanian terrorist groups literally crossing the border a few kilometers away from a major NATO American military base there. So, you know, just telling us, as, as, as the U.S. Embassy is doing these days with uh, uh, a large military drill uh, in the Krivolak site. And then also this ridiculous promise from Šakirinska that uh, a special gesture of honor uh, uh, on the part of the American military toward Macedonia will be a flyover by a single B-52. She called it a supersonic plane, even though it's one of these old, <laughs> uh, almost World War II. She's two, the Minister of Defense? Bombers. Yeah, well, it's, it's a plane. It's got propeller thingies. Things rotate. It, it flies <laughs> fast. <you know? laughs> oh, <glorious>. dear. <clears throat> so okay. this is what they're trying to o- owe us with. But uh most of the right. people didn't really don't really care about this they, they if to the extent they care and, and they trust uh, that there will be deliverables, they care about right. the financial deliverables from the European Union and none right. of this is materializing. none of this is coming. Somebody had this great tweet the other day uh, there is a campaign by the European Union of all the things they did in Macedonia, and uh, uh they, the only thing they can you know people care about is uh finishing a, a small stretch of highway uh, toward Greece, uh, which was co-funded by the EU. they didn't really even pay for the whole thing. But to promote all these things, they're, they're using uh, double, the du- double-decker buses of Skopje. They're using the new trains of, uh, which are in service in Macedonia. And both were bought from China by Nikola Gurevski. So, and they're, they're just repainting them with the slogan EU for you. And right. it's hilarious. It's it's a joke. It's a it's a, a secondhand European Union. It's a AliExpress EU as we call it. Here. <laughs> it's
0: great. Well, and and even even again, even if accession talks were open tomorrow, it would still be at least a decade before Macedonia could join. Um, but truth the truth is, the European Union's no no rush to open up accession talks with anybody or to add new members. They've got to get their own house in order. They've got a number of of internal problems, uh, not least of which is deciding who's running the running the show in the next couple of months, and then Brexit, which is still going on. Uh, oh, Greek elections, too. We forgot to talk about Greek elections. We have, uh, I think, July 7, I believe, is when the uh, Greek elections are, are scheduled to take place, and it looks like New Democracy will definitely, they're ahead in all the polls still, and I think that they will win, and then, of course, you know, um, uh, Mitsotakis hasn't said that that he's just going to outright veto Macedonia, but he certainly is retaining that right, to, and and not veto, but to 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 uh, to not open a session talks. And of course, of the very you know what are there, 30, 32 35 chapters to the uh, accession mm, talks. Thirty five, I think. Thirty five, yeah, and 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 each one has to be opened and then closed by all the mm. member states. So there's lots of opportunities there, but. But anyway, but going back to, to the, the Greek elections and seeing new democracy as the government of uh, Greece, um, there's, there's an issue that hasn't been in the, in the news lately, but still there, it's bubbling under the surface. From time to time, you see something about it, and that's the whole issue of Macedonia agreeing to change its school books and textbooks, according to what Greece says, or what Bulgaria says. We can't forget about that and then specifically with with uh in relation to the the uh, so-called prespa agreement the whole issue of trademark issues and businesses mm. uh and and names that um apply to the businesses in macedonia that use the word macedonia or macedonian products and things like that and that's all still going on and according to prespa there i, I guess there are still committees between greece and macedonia there are meetings mm-hmm. talking about these things and we don't we don't hear anything about that. Do you hear anything? Um, the
1: Bulgarian uh, meetings are reported because the Bulgarian guy wants to be in your face and the Macedonian guy in the same committee also wants to reciprocate. Oh. But, you know, in a positive, constructive manner, which will eventually get him nowhere. Right. Uh, the, not so much on the Greek front. Uh, I mean, we've been violating the the... Prespa Treaty with uh, every single goal the Macedonian handball uh, <laughs> <Vardar-Hemble> team scored. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, New Democracy has, uh, they're opposed to the treaty, of course. but they kind of say it's a fait accompli. Uh, they say that, uh, you know, when, when pressed by their more, you know, uh, nationalist minded uh, supporters, they will tell you that uh, they're they're going to try to stop the most damaging aspects of the treaty, and they say this, but this they mean that they're going to insist that every Greek company in the north of the country, in Macedonia, in Aegean Macedonia, is uh, going to be uh, is going to use the word Macedonia in some form, and we are going to be banned from doing that. Macedonia, Republic of Macedonia, is not going to be allowed to do so, which is uh, not. A, a crucial issue of the name treaty. They're basically looking for a place to pick a fight, but mm-hmm. one which would not block our EU accession or whatever. But if the EU accession is blocked by, the, uh, by other European countries, mm-hmm. by default, uh, the Prespa Treaty says that there should be no implementation of the new name domestically if we do not uh, open and close EU chapters. It's tied uh, by, I think, five-year time frame, uh, the domestic ap- ap- implementation of the of the name mm-hmm. of the name North, but it's also tied with the EU accession talks. So even Zaev's government, not to mention a future Ver government, should absolutely stop using the name domestically unless we open and close EU chapters. It's part of the Presbytery, It's not something that should be renegotiated. The Presbytery collapses if there is no EU accession. Uh, the only thing that might remain would be NATO membership under the name North Macedonia, and then embittered countries with a disputed treaty, which, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, Zayf, Zayf is implementing the name domestically in violation of the treaty. He was going ahead of himself. Apparently, this is what he agreed with the Greeks secretly to begin naming things in Macedonia North Macedonian or the national instead of the Macedonian Institute. Uh, all, even though right. the treaty says that he's supposed to do this in connection with the EU accession talks, mm. which are dead in the water now.
0: Right. Well, this is this is all interesting uh, because, as, as far as I'm concerned, I'm always going to be drinking Macedonian wine and Macedonian Mastika and Macedonian rakia, uh, and and I hope that the producers of such fine products continue to call them that and to continue mm. to call them product of Macedonia. Uh, but. We know uh, that the Greeks are going to press on that. Of course, you know, taking a uh, you know thirty thousand foot, ten thousand meter perspective, all treaties uh, eventually collapse. Uh, all agreements collapse. It doesn't matter that the so-called Prespa Agreement says that this thing is is uh, cannot be changed or dropped or cancelled or anything else. We know that all treaties eventually collapse. One way or the other, and the same is mm. going to happen with the so-called Prespa Agreement, and and that's that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And of course, those of us who believe that it was uh, it was wrong, and uh, it you know in the way the, the way the government got into power in the first place, and then the whole Prespa so-called Prespa Agreement was put into place, was uh, a uh, a study in um, in um, oh, what should we call it? A, a study in gangsterism, uh, mm. yeah. you know. Therefore, then, the whole thing should be revoked, and it will be revoked at some point, despite what Zoran eye or the European Union, etc., or the Greeks say. So, uh, But it's something I, I want to keep an eye on and keep talking about from time to time in this podcast, the whole issue of the, the trademarks and the business names and the school books and the textbooks, because especially on the education front, because w- what you don't want is a whole new generation of, of of Macedonian children being taught a history that is approved by the Greeks and the Bulgarians together and not their own history. And that is exactly what the Greeks and the Bulgarians want to do.
1: But they can't agree on on stuff because, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, I mean, they could agree on the ancient period and this was the latest meeting with the Bulgarian team. They said, okay, we have no issues with the antiquity because Bulgarians don't necessarily claim the Trachian tribes and the civilization Uh, and uh, whatever. They don't really care if we get or do not get uh, acknowledgement of our lineage from Alexander. Um, And then they said the medieval period is settled, which is actually the one which is the most complicated because of the Bulgarian state and they want Macedonians to acknowledge that the Bulgarian kingdom or empire was uh, national in character and that uh, this means that everybody living there was Bulgarian, fine. This is what, uh, apparently, our uh, members of the team have agreed to. Uh, but then, when you get to the, uh, to the part where we're discussing Macedonians in modern-day northern Greece, in Aegean Macedonia, mm-hmm. the Bulgarians have connection with this period. This is the struggle for Macedonia, which erupted in the late 19th century. And, you know, the can, Bulgarians cannot give up the Battle of Kukus, for example, which they say was the battle for the Bulgarian population of Kukush. Macedonians say it's the battle for the Macedonian population of Kukush. And the Greeks say it's a Bulgarian intrusion into Greek territory, uh, which never had any Bulgarians or Macedonians whatsoever. So what are we supposed to write in our history books? (laughs) Uh, Should we say there were Macedonians in uh, Kukush? Should we say there were Bulgarians in Kukush? Or should we say that Kukush was always known as Kilkis and it was forever a purely greek city never had any macedonians or bulgarians in there so it's going to be a complete mess but yeah you're right we, we start you know kids are off from school we start uh, a new school year in 3 months and uh, there are people online already saying preserve your history books keep them because you know god knows what will be what what our kids will be given next year
0: right absolutely well And when does school ends? I guess uh, June tenth. It's out now, right? June tenth. June tenth, Monday. They have to go back for one day. That's kind of ridiculous, but oh well. um. Nobody will. Yeah. So why bother? It just ended on Friday. My goodness.
1: Yeah, and uh, well, essentially, you know, in reality, it ended on Friday, and then they resume back on uh, September uh, one. September first, and. We'll see what Zaev has in store by then if he's still in charge right. of the country. Well, any in the meantime, in, in, to, to
0: yeah. Before we get to our farmers' picks, you, you're the resident sports uh, guy between the two of us, at least as it pertains to Macedonian sports. What's what's coming up? Any uh, any major games? I saw the the issue between with the, the poles getting arrested, but that's uh, that's kind of that's it's, yeah. it's, it's mildly amusing, but it's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, yeah. But in terms uh, of. We, uh, of yeah, Macedonia uh, dominating in the field of uh, sports. What's what's on the horizon there?
1: We play Austria tomorrow, so, you know, stay tuned for more uh, football, which is not going to be on the Macedonian television, and uh, <laughs> a lot of additional chants of Never North, always Macedonia. But then we play handball uh, against Turkey, and then ultimately oh. against Greece. And uh, I suppose it was a you know prickly political situation they they had the, the match against greece played in strumica where i suppose you know there is a proper sports hall but, but also Zaev can count on having as many uh, of his supporters there who would not embarrass the greeks it's going to backfire eventually he's going to when, have,
0: is, when is that game
1: it's on the 16th uh, sunday uh, in, in oh. strumica so it's gonna backfire spectacularly, I'm sure, and <laughs> it's going to embarrass I uh, in his hometown.
0: Wow, well, that'll be some that'll be something to watch. Um, it'll be yeah. something to see what the fans chant uh, there at the uh, sports hall in Strumica, as well as throughout Macedonia. Well, why yep. don't we take a break and then come back with our farmers' picks? Sure. welcome back to the macedonian content farmers podcast svetin and jason talking on sunday june 9 2019 about all things macedonian and it is time for our farmers picks svetin what is your farmers pick
1: uh there were a few articles uh, coming out recently uh it's about uh, kids who applied to uh, work at the foreign ministry you know like 20 something uh, graduates of elite schools in europe or in uh, even the law faculty in macedonia but with high honors right. etc and uh, they're now going public saying they've been denied uh, the place in the foreign ministry which makes sense i mean the foreign minister nikola dimitrov he was very active in getting his own daughter uh, i think forty thousand euros uh, financial aid kit uh, so she can study in the netherlands mm-hmm. but uh, and you can imagine the way uh, even these uh, much less paid jobs in the foreign ministry are being distributed through relatives and party members, not necessarily tr- to people who actually have the grades and the average and have interned in all the right places, etc. But it was interesting, you know, I mean, this some of these guys say we return, we came back from Italy, from somewhere in Europe, so you have to f- hire me unless, if you don't, I'm packing my bags and leaving the country again. Okay, fine. But there was one, one uh, lady who... Uh, complained, she applied and uh, she says, You know, I have, I come from, a, you know, my family had issues, whatever. Uh, I have all the great, the best grades in the Skopje faculty, uh, you know, Skopje University, so mm-hmm. you have to hire me. But then she used North Macedonia all throughout her text, at the Republic of North Macedonia, the, the North Macedonian diplomas, North Macedonia this, North Macedonia that. So she was, you know, she was trying to. Uh, she said, okay, well, this is, this, this is what gets me in, the, in pole position to get hired in the foreign <laughs> ministry this time. I'm going to use North on everything, uh, even though I'm not forced to, uh, to do so. Like I use uh, barbecue sauce on and everything. And, uh, and still she didn't get hired.
0: And it's, uh, well, yeah, tough <laughs> luck, sister.
1: Yeah, the, the world's smallest violin. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> yes, the world's smallest violin playing My Heart Bleeds for you. So. Yeah. Oh. oh, that's great. Oh, gosh. Oh. Well, what what
1: have you got there?
0: I've got a real short one, Uh, and uh, my understanding, so uh, on Monday night the third, when the team came back into Skopje and the the celebrations broke out throughout Skopje, throughout Macedonia, everywhere Macedonians live around the world. Uh, But there in Skopje at the celebration, uh, fans started saying, never north, always Macedonian. Always, never north, always Macedonia. And now I understand that is a ringtone that oh, people yes. are putting on their phones, which I find absolutely fantastic, and I saw an mp3 of that, uh, of the fans just constantly repeating that, uh, and I saw that on s- some social media sites, and I think we should we should definitely put that up there and, and, and see if it's, make sure it's downloadable so people can use that as their ringtone. Never north, always Macedonia.
1: Yeah, I can't wait until some of the journalists who is uh, following Zaf around for statements, and uh, I'm sure some of them have this <laughs> as a ringtone. Gets a call in mid press conference.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, that would be, that would be perfect. Yeah. That would be great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Good, good. Well, actually, we should we should try and figure out. You know, if we can get some hackers to figure out how they could insert that on Zayev's phone. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm sure it's doable. Yeah, Russia, of if of you're course. listening, hack Zaev. You should have <laughs> hacked him years ago, honestly, but
0: yeah. <laughs> Alright, well, this is, as always, this has been a, a full podcast. Uh, always fun talking about things going on in Macedonia, and um, look forward to talking to you in next week. So.
1: You too, babe. Take care.